So if you don't mind, let's be in prayer for Lewis here. They're traveling. Uh, they're going to the beach. Actually, they're at the beach for a few days. So let's uh, let's be praying for safety for Lou and Cheryl and that they have the rest and relaxation that they need. My name is Bill Rice. I'm not going to be teaching today. We've got a much better teacher, a professional teacher that's going to be joining us, Troy Matthews, uh, who speaks for Lou on occasion. So he's going to come shortly, but I'm going to just get the class started off. Um, and I just thought I'd share something just briefly. I'm, I'm in the one-year Bible. Uh, so right now that puts me in the Old Testament in the Second Samuel and the First Kings part of the Bible. Anybody else in that same area as far as you're reading? So every every year I read this part, I'm intrigued by Mephibosheth. You guys know who Mephibosheth is? He's the son of, of Jonathan, the grandson of Saul, and he's not mentioned very much in Scripture. But in Second Samuel nine. King David has just now come to be the king. Saul has died. And he, he's, been in, he's been reigning for a little while. And he says to one of his servants, he says, Is there any of Saul's family remaining? I want to do something kind to them. Come to find out, Mephibosheth is, is one name that Ziba brought to his mind. So he calls for Mephibosheth to come see him. And Mephibosheth was a cripple. If you remember the story, when King Saul and Jonathan and Jonathan, or his two other sons were killed in battle, then the Israelites fled. And his nurse picked him up to flee just after that battle and ended up dropping him and he became crippled. So he was crippled for the rest of his life. So David calls Mephibosheth before him and he's, in, he's fearful. He doesn't know what he's going to do. He, he, he knows how Saul treated David. Uh, some of Bibbishev, I can imagine. It doesn't say it in Scripture, but he's thinking, is he going to kill me? What is he going to do? But immediately David says to him, he says, don't fear. I want to be kind to you. And um, long story short, he says, I'm going to give you all of your grandfather's land back. Saul had an awful lot of land, I can imagine. And so in kindness, David gives the land back to Mephibosheth. And he, he tells Ziba to work the land since Mephibosheth is crippled. Ziba had 15 sons, so that, that worked out quite well. And when he goes before David, and, he, and David tells him this, Mephibosheth says to him, Who am I that the king would honor me in such a way? I'm nothing but a dead dog. Remember that passage? I've always been impressed with that, because imagine someone responding that way today. And this is a man that was born into royalty. I mean, King Saul was his grandfather. And yet he says to David, who am I? I'm nothing but a dead dog that the king would show such kindness. That kind of humility is refreshing, isn't it? If you follow the story, that wasn't the last time he's mentioned. Um, I think it's in chapter 19. Ziba apparently deceived Mephibosheth, and he went to King David when David came back after a great victory. And David asked, where's Mephibosheth? And, and his servant Ziba said he didn't want to come, basically. So, created some story that wasn't exactly true. When Mephibosheth does come to David when he's back in rain again, David said, why didn't you come see me? And Mephibosheth explained, oh, my servant deceived me. I, I, as you know, I'm crippled. I couldn't go without help. And I, I couldn't get there. And David said, no worry, you've said enough. Which, boy, isn't that something if somebody could say, say no more, you've said enough. I understand your heart, kind of thing. And David said, I forgive you. Let's split half of your land up between you and, and your servant Ziba. 
And if you remember what, what Mephibosheth said, he said, let him have it all. I'm just happy to know that you're back safe. Those are very refreshing comments. When you think about today's world, how selfish our society is, how impressed we all are with ourselves. If you spend any time on social media and just read what people say about themselves and show them pictures of what they do and what they have, we're all impressed with ourselves. It doesn't take long to see different examples of that. If you look at 1 Kings, I think it's, I'm, I'm a little bit ahead, and so I went into chapter 10, and it talks about Solomon. So David was king, then Solomon was king. Who was king after Solomon? Rehoboam. Rehoboam. Do you remember what Rehoboam said? The people came to him and said, your father put us, put us under a heavy load. Please be kind to us, basically. And, and Rehoboam worked with his counselors, right? Who were the counselors for his father, the older advisors. He didn't listen to their advice. He listened to his younger advisors. And he said, my father is, my, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. He was so proud of himself. And back in that day, girth meant something, right? Because if you're a healthy individual and you're big, that means you had a lot of food. Back in that day, it was difficult for people to have enough to survive. So he was so proud and impressed with himself that he said, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. And you think of the contrast of those kind of things. One guy is really, okay, he was king, granted. Mephibosheth was just in the royal line. He wasn't ever a king. But still, think about the differences between that kind of person and the kind of person Rehoboam was. Humility is something that we should all, well, let me say it this way. It's godly to show humility. Um, I think... Well, just, just recently, we were, Julie and I were um, spending some time with our grandbabies. In fact, they come over for lunch almost every Sunday. And one of my daughters uses some kind of, um, uh, in her wash, you can put these beads in your wash that make the clothes smell really good. Anybody use that stuff? Some of you do. It, it makes my grandbaby's clothes smell so good. And I can't smell very much. I had COVID a year and a half ago, and my smell is still messed up. But when I pick up those grandbabies, I can smell their clothes and how fresh they smell. And it is such a wonderful smell. I remember when we had kids, Julie would, was so wonderful at washing them in baby magic. Remember that smell and how wonderful that smell is? Uh, re recently, we were watching some of the grandbabies, and I went to the store to get some of that baby magic. And I didn't know if I could smell it again, but I found it on the shelf and I smelled it and I could smell it. It was such a wonderful smell. That's really what we're supposed to be like to God. A sweet smell. You think about the Old Testament. All the sacrifices in, in, in Leviticus and all throughout the Old Testament, it talks about the aroma being a sweet smell to God. That's what our lives are supposed to be, a sweet smelling savor to God. And when we're proud and when we're arrogant and when we're selfish and all about ourselves, we're not giving off that kind of aroma, are we? We're giving off the other kind of aroma. It's been a long time since I've changed diapers. You've been there. That is just not a pleasant smell at all. I don't want to be that smell to our Heavenly Father. I want to be like the baby magic. Think about another person. King of kings and Lord of lords. 
Think about this about Jesus Christ. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. This is the New Living Translation. He took the humble position as a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. If there was anybody who ever walked the face of this earth who could have been proud, it would have been Jesus. Yet he did not take equality with God, which he was entitled to. He did not accept that. Boy, that should be our example, shouldn't it? Not, not to be impressed with ourselves, to try to get all that we can do. Think about Mephibosheth. He didn't care about the land. Give it all to his servant, Ziba. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't have been that guy. I love land. Give me some land. I would have loved to have had some property. But we really should all be, as believers, we need to live humble lives and make the interest of others more important than the interest that we, we have. So as we go through the day, uh, Troy is going to be speaking to us shortly uh, in Lou's absence. So, Troy, we're looking forward to what you have for us. Why don't we go ahead and start the class in prayer, and then we'll go through the announcements and prayer requests and all those things that we normally do. Father God, we are grateful that we get to call you Heavenly Father. We thank you for your love, your forgiveness, your salvation, and the unexplicable desire you have to be in relationship with us. We're grateful for that. Father, we want to live our lives to give you honor and glory and to be a pleasing aroma to you. We, we don't want to do things in our lives or live in a way that's unpleasing to you and is a displeasing aroma to you. So, Father, may we live out our life, may we live out our faith on a daily basis. Yes, we'll make mistakes, but our desire, Lord, is to please you and to serve you and honor you and give you glory in all things. Father, as we uh, listen to Troy shortly, may you open up our hearts and ears to what you have to say to us. And, Father, as we go through the prayer requests shortly, we ask you to work in a unique and special way in each of these cases. May you be honored and glorified today in all that's said and done. In Jesus' name, amen.